0: Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Behind Golf with me. In this episode, we're going to be having a catch-up with my brother, Paul, who is a two-time PGA champion. I want to dive deeper into exactly how he got into the game of golf, why he chose golf, and how he actually won those two titles. Well, Welcome, Paul. Welcome to Behind Golf. Thanks for agreeing to come on to the uh, this episode. Thanks for the invite. Is it um, you've been struggling a little bit? Well, I've been struggling to get hold of people. Yeah, <laughs> I was say, to get like... people on. We're running really short of a little bit of content, so I thought I'd uh, bring you up last minute.
1: When you told me about you know, going to do this podcast, I have all these great people on, and then yeah. the third episode, you're down
0: to me already. Already at you? <laughs> yeah, I thought you would certainly be a little bit later on, but this is fine. This is we yeah. got there. Yeah. So, Paul, two-time PGA champion, which we will come to later on in this podcast. Mm-hmm. What was it that really got you into the game of golf? Why did you choose golf as your pathway, your career?
1: Why did I choose golf? Um, it may have been more that golf chose me. Oh, is that right? <laughs> um, well, actually, I bumped into uh, our old headmaster a couple of years ago. Right. And uh, we were having a chat. And he goes, uh, yeah, I always knew you'd do well if you found a sport where you didn't have to run. So I think... Um, Brilliant. yeah hadn't at the time I was like, yeah thanks, um but, but yeah i think I think it was because you know we we were pretty good um hand eye coordination weren't we, or you were anyway, and I was a little bit, and uh I think the running part was what was holding me back in other sports, so it didn't didn't hold me back in golf, so but,
0: but the problem is that you if you remember early days you were playing you, we were started off with playing a lot of rugby, yeah, um, we got into a bit of tennis, I got mm-hmm. into more tennis probably than you did, but yeah. Um, certainly rugby, but the, the I always remember the issue with rugby was that obviously you wear glasses, you yeah. wear contact lenses yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Um, but you were trying to play rugby in glasses early yeah. on.
1: Yeah, literally, I couldn't, I just about see the end of my hand, so yeah. how I managed to catch balls that were coming at me, and I probably didn't actually, I just fumbled them, but yeah, it was a, it was a massive uh, problem actually when I look back at it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I mean, golf kind of, like you say, golf kind of... Um, Grabbed you really, didn't mm-hmm. it? From a very young age, because like I say, I was playing, I was still playing a lot of tennis, mm-hmm. and you carried on with your golf early on. You were out. I remember you being out on the pitch in putts, playing mm-hmm. yeah. down at Broad not far from here. And then, and then I remember you get into like a twenty-eight handicap uh, when we started at fifty-four was our first, was certainly my yeah. first handicap. It would have been the yeah. same for you, but your. I remember you coming up here and playing with... Remember old Laurie Tibbet, the old bar, yeah, bar yeah, manager yeah, here? Yeah, yeah Or yeah. barman? Yeah. He, he took you out and started playing a lot of uh, Tuesday baller stuff with you, didn't he? Yeah. So I yeah. put a Tuesday, you go out and play. But you had to be a senior handicap to mm-hmm. do that.
1: Um, it was, it was uh, our dad, wasn't it, that got us into it. He used to play. So um, we used to go out and watch him and go to the range of him, I guess. Um, my memory's a bit vague from back then, but... Yeah, it was it was more of a catalyst of 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 him and just trying to follow what he was doing, I think, and um, I I just enjoyed the challenge of it. I think it yeah. kind of offers a bit more than just your standard uh, ball games, doesn't it? There's a yeah, lot of yeah, yeah, uh, tactical sure. thinking involved and and whatnot, and I quite enjoyed hitting a ball as hard as I could. Um, so I think that's what kind of got me involved and. I think from an early age i kind of settled on it and didn't play many of the other sports um i did a little bit of school but i kind of focused on it and and tried to get as good as i could from a young age and that's kind of what hooked me in i think
0: yeah and finishing obviously going from school you went to university you went down to plymouth for university did a business degree i believe yeah it was yeah yeah and was golf a big thing for you down there as well was there a golf team and things going on
1: yeah there was there was we had a um We had a pretty good golf team like the the, it's not it wasn't quite the same scale as what it is in the states with the golf teams um but we had a kind of low-key golf team but we had a couple of uh a couple of good players that played um and yeah we um i kind of probably spent too much time on the golf course um than what i should have done in the lecture halls i kind of worked out that didn't need to go to a lot of the lectures. I could kind of read the books and yeah. and uh, and get by. So I kind of did that a lot, and went and go play golf during the day, and, and read the books in the evening and stuff. And
0: and then and then I remember because at that point when you went, you were you were finishing kind of finishing off uni. I then started by going to America, went to uni over there, kind of saw what you were doing back here, and I remember sort of thinking, I just. I want to focus on the golf you were focused what looked like more on the education side Mm. i really wasn't a book smart person so Mm -hmm. i wanted to go to the states but then i remember you deciding when you graduated because i remember you i think you were about a two handicap at the time something like when you finished uni yeah and you were like actually i just want to give this a bit of a go yeah is that is that kind of how it worked
1: yeah, I um, when I finished uni, I um, decided I'd start playing a bit of amateur stuff. I think I must have got down to scratch just as I finished uni, or Pretty something. Quickly, and yeah. Start getting into the county team. Um, I think I was always in the second team, but then got into yeah. the first team, and um, and yeah, and just just stayed amateur for I don't know how many years, maybe four or five years after that. Yeah. Um, and Managed to work myself into the national Welsh national squad. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and just got my handicap down really low and started competing in the national events. And, um, yeah, felt that, you know, I could maybe turn professional from that point. You know? Yeah.
0: And talking about national, I mean, what's confusing and what will be confusing for a lot of people is that you chose to play for Wales, let's say, over England at that particular time. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, how did that even come about? Why did that actually happen or how did that happen that you chose or well, played for Wales?
1: Yeah, at the, at the time I was definitely wasn't good enough to get into the England uh, team or squads. Um, but our grandfather was Welsh, so that made us a quarter Welsh. So I kind of could see that obviously Wales is a smaller country, less golfers. So yeah. they, I'd have more chance of being able to play for Wales and getting in their national squads than, than what I did with England. And it's quite... It's quite important to get into the national squads when you're an amateur because yeah. there's all the funding, there's all the, um, the the experiences of, you know, the coaching that comes along with it. So it's quite a big deal, really, if you want to progress, if you can get into one of the national squads. So um, I just, I called up the Welsh Golf Union and I asked, you know, my grandfather's Welsh, does that make me eligible? And it did. So um, I kind of then pursued that and I did that by playing in the Order of Merits and then I um I got into their development squad initially after after maybe a, a year or two and um and then progressed up into their main squad and played some international matches for them. Yeah. And it was brilliant. It was probably the best thing I did or one of the best things I've done. Um and I loved playing for Wales, like I love the Welsh people and, and I am partly Welsh, you know, I'm not fully Welsh and I never say I am, but you know, I was eligible so I took that road and, and it was brilliant and met some great people there. Doing that and it really forwarded my chances of turning professional, definitely.
0: I was going to say, and, and the experience you must have gained then from actually representing your country, um, having the opportunity to spend time with elite players, but also elite coaches. Did that really sort of project you forward to becoming a decent pro from there, do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely. We had um, we had a professional uh, uh, coach called David Llewellyn. Yeah. Who um, who'd won the World Cup of Golf with Ian Wooslem, and he was a, he was a great player in his own right. He'd retired, and he was now coaching the Welsh national squad. And he was he was massive in my development as a golfer. Yeah. Um, not very technical, but he was one of the first people to sort of study psychology on tour. Okay. And um, and what he he taught me in course management and how to get yourself around a golf course. Um, was second to none of what I've had from any other coaching. Yeah. It wasn't a case of, you know, being in this position where you swing and do this and that. It was a, you know, what are you doing out on the golf course? You should be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that, and da-da-da. And it was just a completely
0: different style of coaching, which I think was, was better than any other coaching I'd ever had. And that's a really interesting point because coaching there's many forms of different coaching, isn't there? And I think one of the things that we have focused on, or certainly I focused on on this channel is, is around more on course type of coaching. What's your sort of take on the modern wild west coaching that you see on YouTube in social media? What, what's your kind of take on, on that? Cause I know we've had conversations with this in the past, but just share with me what you think on it and be honest with it. Um. I think in coaching in general, I think is flawed.
1: I think it's, it, it's 90% of coaching is on technique. Yeah. You know, you go to a, an average golf lesson is going to involve going to a, a, a professional who's going to look at analyze your technique and tell you how to improve your technique. Yeah. And, but when you look at golf, golf is not 90% technique. No. Absolutely not. Like, and I take the, the, the thing of if you, know, if you gave me an 18 handicap a swing... I would score better than someone if you gave an 18 handicap of my swing. Do you know what I mean? So I'm using my brain and the way that I get around a golf course and and everything else. You can give me any swing to to a point, and I could get it round in a better number than if you gave somebody an 18 handicap of my swing.
0: That's really interesting because like I've just just literally come back from playing uh, up in Scotland and I played on the old course and I was. I was I was I don't know why, but I just get a bit anxious around there. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Wind was out the left, all the way out. So you've got out of play all the way down the right hand side, which yep. is my which is not my place. I don't mm-hmm. enjoy playing that wind. I got it round that golf course in level par. Mm. The way I was playing that day was not good. Like yeah. I was just I was nudging it round the golf course, not hitting the best golf shots that people have ever seen. Mm-hmm. But I was able to put a score together. Yeah, is that what you mean by that?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 all the other little things that go go with it. You know, the te- technique is what you've got. Yeah, and it's 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 getting the best out of what you've got, rather than trying to completely change what you've got. Yeah, which to the majority of golfers, you know, if you're an up and coming young uh, person who wants to you know, be a professional or something, then yeah, you know, work on your technique, get that right and then progress. But to the average golfer who just wants to get their handicap down a few shots, you know, or, or wants to get to a reasonable standard, but doesn't have the time to to rebuild their golf swing, then, you know, this, that is what they should be looking at rather than technical, technical, technical stuff, you know.
0: So from your point of view, then working with a player like you talking about um, your coach from, from the Wales Golf, yeah. David Llewellyn. David Llewellyn. Um was he more on course based stuff with you? Was it, was it out on the golf course, getting you around, figuring out different types of situations and scenarios? Is that how it worked? Yeah. Yeah. He would come out and watch
1: us play, which is what, which is what you don't get in, in most coaching, you know, you don't get, and I understand, I kind of understand why, because the time involved, like, you know, to go and watch somebody an 18, handicap go play golf. You've got to spend four or five hours walking around watching them, you know, and that, that, that's a costly exercise, but I think you need, you need to do that. I think people need to, to go through that, that process in order to, for a professional to put, you know, to put together, together a proper plan for yeah. them to improve. Um, because you know, there's people I've played with who swing it fine, but they, they're still having lessons on trying to work on the technique, whereas actually they're leaking oil in so many other departments that they can yeah. easily fix. Cause I play a lot of pro-am. So I get to see a lot of amateurs play and you watch them go around and the, just sort of the schoolboy errors that they make on the golf course, which could easily be, easily be sorted. Um, But yet they're going away and having a professional work on their technique, which, you know, which isn't. And I suppose if you, if you
0: took a tour coach and I think about the, the tour coaches out on tour that follow the, the, the circus that is the tour. There's a combination of both going on there, isn't there? And so, They're going out on the golf course with their players, wandering around, taking their boxes with them to showcase what numbers they're getting and getting an idea of how they're feeling and how they're performing on that particular shot for that particular tee shot, shall we say? But then they're bringing them back to the range and working on situations or uh, techniques. Not everybody has that pro that's going to just go out and follow them around and do what a tour pro pro coach would do. Mm -hmm. So from your side, you're saying to a lot of golfers out there, amateur golfers, is to actually go out on the golf course with a pro rather than let's say uh be in the range with a pro
1: absolutely and and playing with better golfers as well yeah, you know that's that huge helps, yeah. the stuff i've learned from playing from with better golfers it's you know you just watch how they get it around and some of the best things i've picked up on when i've played golf is when i've played with somebody who doesn't necessarily strike it very well like you know a professional but they can score well yeah and that's you learn so much from that you just watch me think, how is he? And you, you look at their scorecard at the end. You're like, how has he just shot four under par? Like yeah. he, he was no good today, yeah. but he shot. And that's, there's an art in that. And that's the, that's the bit that I think people need to tap
0: into more rather than what positions they get into with a technique. You know? Yeah, it's, it's great advice. Great advice. Well, let's take you then, you turn professional. So at the age of 25 were you about 25 24 25
1: something like that yeah turn professional. Quite late
0: yeah and i remember again i was at college so i remember the scores kind of coming back um, if i remember you were keeping an eye on the scores for my rounds over there and then i was just keeping an eye on what you were doing but you won pretty early didn't you as yeah. in not not necessarily in the in the elite level of pros but you you got on the you got on the opportunity to win in the devon and cornwall county type of stuff pretty early didn't you
1: yeah, I think I did. I I um I was playing well as an amateur as I turned pro. Yeah. Um we just done our English County Finals for um for Devon and I was playing really well. Turned pro straight after that. Um and I was actually going through a pretty good patch at the time. I think my last ever amateur round I played at Churston. Was here, yeah. Was here and I shot the course record with the 62. intention of shooting the course record. Um
0: so you went out there dedicated to Literally like my just, last
1: ever round as a, as, a as, an amateur, as an amateur and I wanted to Shoot the course to record. shoot the course record and um, I don't know how I did it but I did it you, I played... you didn't
0: just beat it did you 65 to 62 no, 64. 64 to 62, 62. Um,
1: and I played with the guy who actually had the 64 he signed yeah. my card so yeah. that was quite Best interesting <laughs> yeah um, but yeah so I was playing well at the time um, and then I, I I can't exactly remember but I remember my first tournament um, I was doing really well I think I was in the last group it was a yeah. three day event or two day event and I was in the last group and, and I think I finished sort of top four or five and that so and then I went on and and probably did win some
0: some pro-ams and whatnot early on so it was good but that must have given you confidence though if you go out and win early Mm. uh, in your career yeah um it must give you massive amounts of confidence to say Mm -hmm. actually do you know what okay I have what what you probably feel like you've stepped up a level because you've turned pro Mm. but to actually go out and win yeah gives you the confidence to progress on
1: yeah 100% I mean I think obviously if you compared what I do to like a tour pro, we're playing in smaller events, but we're contending way more often. So you do probably have a mate, I don't know, maybe call it a false confidence yeah. um, because you are, you're playing smaller events, but you're contending and winning in these smaller events. So I think that that kind of helps your confidence rather than being a tour pro's, you know, struggling to make the cut every week with no realistic chance of winning. Yeah. Um, I think that, certainly helps from a confidence point of view that you feel like you can contend and win more more things definitely
0: and then and then I'm going to fast track you on then to 2015 um right yeah it's a jump it's a big (laughs) jump yeah 2015 you you tee it up in the British PGA Championships yeah uh, at Burnham and Barrow yeah which is which was back what is still called the Club Pro Championships yeah um you go out round Burnham, which isn't, I wouldn't say you've had massive amounts of success around Burnham. It's one of those golf courses that can, can certainly bite you mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're not ready for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you win it. Yeah. Now, do you feel like that was, there was a progress to getting to that point? Do you feel like you were of that level of player to be able to go out and win that event?
1: Yeah, 100%. I've, um, I, I think I contended in a few before, right. sort of leading up to it. I certainly was in the last group. In the final round, maybe the year before, yeah. but had a bad final round. So I'd been sort of there or thereabouts. I'd won the qualifiers, a couple of the qualifiers to get to the club pros finals. So I kind of, yeah, I, it's, it wasn't straight in first one, win it. It yeah. was a, was, was a progress of getting up, definitely.
0: And the PGA Championships, which we, we all know of as professional golfers, uh, is what, obviously, you've, you've won. But then there's, obviously, there's another PJ Championships, isn't there, which is the BMW yeah. PJ, or used to be the Volvo, yeah, the I think, PGA, uh, the yeah. one at Wentworth. Yeah. Um, so there is a slight difference there yeah, between yeah, yeah, yeah. the two of them. Yeah, yeah. So the Club Pros one is basically for British pros yeah. who have either done their PJ training, are yeah. club pros, called yeah. them, or have a ranking on the tour, that allows them to be able to compete at that level as well. Is yeah. that right?
1: Yeah, I think they, it's mostly predominantly club pros, but I think tour players can get a category. Yes. If they've kind of retired. I don't think you can be actively playing on tour and playing it. Okay. Um, but yeah, there are some ex tour pros that, that, do, that do do, do compete in it. That yeah, do, yeah. do compete in it, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and obviously, winning that event. Bumps you on to lots of other opportunities doesn't it? It certainly did in two thousand and fifteen. Just tell us a bit about where what that kind of bumped you onto to from there um so that one got me into p j
1: cup from winning that okay um which was an amazing experience uh you also i also then got into the playoffs, which is the p j playoffs, which then you compete in for tour events um in that, and I managed to get a start at wentworth from from finishing it back then there was it was top 10 PGA pros yeah. got to play in Wentworth. So I managed to get one of the spots for that Okay, um, as a result
0: of that. So it was good. And yeah. then PGA Cup. Yeah. I mean, um, so just because you won the, that tournament doesn't always mean... So the year before, if you'd have won it, you mm-hmm. wouldn't have got a place straight into the PGA Cup team, would you? No. Because you won it on the year of the PGA Cup, yes. you were able to get a spot, even though you would have probably got points the year before yeah. to then get into that event. Yeah. PJ Cup is basically the Ryder Cup but for PGA pros, isn't it? It's run yep. by the same group of people mm-hmm. that run the Ryder Cup, run yep. the PGA Cup. Yep. I went and caddied for you in it, but yep. then we went over to um Cordoval in California yep. to go and play in that. How what just tell us about a bit about that that experience? I mean it's it's basically the Ryder Cup without crowds, really. Yeah. It's got everything the same
1: feel to it opening ceremonies. Everything. It's five star resort we were at. It was it was an amazing experience, um, and we had some really good captains who kind of drummed up the team and got got them more enthusiastic. And yeah. and yeah, we, we we ended up winning it, which was great. Um, and it was just it was just an amazing experience. Amazing experience to play. You know they they say about. You know the Ryder Cup players say about playing at a team and how good that
0: is. It's is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, because you lose that a little bit, don't you? When you, mm. as an amateur, you play lots of team golf, yeah. and as you talked about the county setup yeah. and you know, and the and the Welsh setup. When you come into being a pro, it's very individual. Um, yeah. Which I know that it's an individual game, but then having the opportunity to represent you, Great Britain and Ireland, which is what the PJ Cup is, must have been a fantastic experience. Yeah, it was amazing. Something I'd love to do again. You know. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so then. Tell me a little bit about then your tour kind of experiences, because um, we will come into it in a minute. You're, you're finally going to go again to tour school. Yeah. You're going to give that another run for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't been to tour school for an, a number of years, yeah. but it was something that you did pretty much every year for, yeah. the first, for certainly the early part of your yep. uh, career as a pro. Yeah. Um, what's, what's kind of inspired you to go back to tour school? Let's, let's go with that. Um. I, obviously, I've done had some good wins this year,
1: um, and just feel like I'm playing at a, a decent level that I could. I always said I'd never not go back. Yeah. Um, but I said if I felt like I was ever playing well enough to not only just get through tour school, but to to obviously to maintain a card on yeah. tour as well, uh, and I feel like you know I, I possibly could be at a level that could maybe compete now. Who knows? I mean, I'm a bit wiser. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm any uh less of a player less of a player i don't feel like i'm hitting any necessarily shorter than i ever have or any worse so and if anything better so i feel like you know now i'm at the peak of where i've been thus far at golf so you know why not give it another give another shot see how we get on
0: and there has actually been a slight change isn't there on the tour where back when you were trying to get your tour card before Mm. once you got your tour card you're kind of left to your own devices. So you go out and get your own sponsorship and that has to cover your year. And there's so yeah. many players, I think over the years that haven't been able to compete because they just have the money to go yeah. and compete. Mm-hmm. Now though, they've moved that, they've moved the goalpost slightly where if you get your tour card, you get, I think, 150,000 euros to be able to, well, fund your year on tour is mm-hmm. kind of what they're saying. Yeah. Giving you a wage almost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, does that, does that, in the back of your mind as well, is that so something? It's a big that help,
1: isn't it? Because I think, you know, these these people that get the talk, then it's like, ah, now what? Because the cost you've is got huge. To, yeah, you've got to because you you know you have got to take a caddy with you. Yeah, you can't just rock up on your own with your trolley. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've got to you've got to fly caddies around. You've got to fly yourself around. Um, probably last minute. A lot of last minute call ups, which means you can't plan flights. Accommodation yeah. always more expensive. Um, so, yeah, it's um. That's a big bonus and a big help if that's if that's the case these days. So um it certainly gives you some security and, and lets you then set yourself up for the year, you know, you can guarantee that you're gonna have a half decent year, yeah. a worst case scenario and it's not gonna cost you anything. So um yeah, I think it's a massive incentive that.
0: Yeah. And then your experience then of when again, having me having the opportunity to caddy for you in it, but your your experience of playing at Wentworth in the mm. BMW championship, the PGA BMW yeah. championships that must have been massive wasn't it
1: yeah it is yeah it is um it's just great to to be associated in with those circles of people you know to go and be on the range of all these people you've seen play on tv and stuff it's it's quite great and um yeah i really enjoyed the experiences i learned a lot um kind of worked out where i needed to improve and where i was kind of felt i was good enough in certain certain aspects of my game yeah um,
0: and where was that, Paul? Where would you say that you, when you walked away from that, did you yeah. think That's the area that I think really needs more. I think TLC. I think
1: a lot with me is is,
0: like I don't think I'm a bad
1: putter, but if I can be, I need to be more of a consistent putter, because my my good putting is good, and if I do that, I win tournaments. Um, but then I have I have days where it just completely disappears, and if I can get that get rid of the completely disappears bit up, yeah, then. Um, then I feel I can I can compete, um, and it's and that's kind of been flagged up by the stats that you know we were doing the shot scope stuff. Um, a lot of what that flagged up is my ball striking and stuff was pretty consistent. Yeah. But my putting would fluctuate massively on the stats, and if I could get that putting working well, I was you know winning quite regularly, and shooting really good scores. But if not, I was pretty pretty average. So you know it's, if I can get that bit up to a different level, then. I feel like I definitely can compete.
0: And what do you think someone like David Llewellyn would be saying to you about that side of it? Because ultimately you can come back and look at the technical element of your Mm. putting stroke and all of those sorts of things. But would you say that sometimes if you get out early and miss a few putts or don't necessarily get the read or whatever it is, does that, do you think that affects you mentally or is it that you just don't trust your technical or or is it the greens, the speed of greens that you struggle with? Or what what is it that do you think if you were to nail it?
1: For me, it's just starting the ball online line, okay I mean there's three elements in putting there's speed, there's the read, and then it's it's starting you know the aim or the the start line so I feel like i can I can read them well. I feel like my speed's usually pretty good yeah it's always been starting the thing online yeah and um if I can crack that, I think I'm getting very close to doing it um but if I can crack that on a on a regular basis. I think I'll be I'll be alright.
0: And and I mean at the end of the day you use a line, yeah. you use a big line on the putty yeah, yeah. you use a line on the ball. Mm-hmm. So what what how are you not getting it to start on line do you feel? It's, it's
1: more of um how my body aligns. I'm okay. quite right eye dominant and I think that shuts my shoulders off and 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 it and it just kind of snowballs from there. Yeah. Um but I've been doing a lot of mirror work, a lot of alignment work, so you know, I'm just hoping that I can get that cracked. And then once I've got that cracked, I can get the confidence with it and, and go forward.
0: So then we moved to 2019, which was just before COVID. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think you were having the best of years, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And then you turn up at Bowood in Wiltshire. Yeah. For the, what was I would think was kind of a newish event at the time. Was it new? Relatively new? It was uh, the English PGA Championships. Anyway, you got the British PGA, yeah, which yeah, already yeah. won in 2015. Now you've yeah. got the English PGA. Yeah. Championships which were being held at the moment and you go out and win it. Yeah, out of nowhere. It, it, as far as I was concerned. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I, um, I think it was a three-round tournament, and yeah. I shot an average sort of first round. I shot a very, very good second round, which, which then I think put me in the lead. Right. And then I just sort of kind of managed to go and hold on to it, coast it in, coast it in from there. Um, but that was more of, um, yeah, I wasn't playing great that year, but I just had a very good round. Yeah. Which I managed to to keep it going, keep the round going, and yeah. then I managed to kind of defend it well on the last day. Um, so that was kind of.
0: Do, do, do you think drawing on some experience of of working with someone like you, David Llewellyn? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. getting it around the golf course yeah. when things aren't necessarily the best, yeah. but but able to still. Yeah, and it uh, you know perform. with
1: David Llewellyn, I've read a lot of read up a lot on golf psychology, which helps you through that sort of stuff, especially when you're leading, you know. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not it's not comfortable no um but you know if you if you back yourself then you'd rather be leading than than um chasing you know so it's a good position to be in yeah. and if you've if you're not playing that well you can sometimes get it round and and uh, and and win the tournament you know
0: yeah and then that obviously knocked you on to getting you an opportunity to have a start in the what was going to be the English Open but turned into the Hero Open at yeah. um Forest of Arden, yeah. when COVID was going on, because mm-hmm. we turned up and I caddied for you in with masks and all sorts going yeah, on at the yeah, time. We had to stay on site, and it yeah. was it was all very, um, as most things were back then. For but, but that gave you the opportunity. Unfortunately, you just missed out on the cut on that one, didn't you? Yes, yeah, I, I, I missed by, by a couple of shots. A couple shots. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was good. I mean, I was playing, I was playing pretty good, yeah, um, and just just struggled on a couple of little things like bunkers, I had a couple yeah, of bad bunk, bunk shots, a ba- couple of bunk shots, yeah. which is weird because normally you the, the Bunkers was so compacted, weren't they? Like, yeah. we weren't, in the practice round, we thought oh, they will be, be raked out properly, but they were so compacted. They,
0: they didn't even rake them properly. No, no. Did they? The, was, like the back of the rake, and then they yeah. like, yeah, it was weird. It was
1: strange, and um, that caught me out because I had a couple of bunker shots coming down the stretch, and yeah. it just ended up knifing them, I think, through the green or something, and, yeah. and, that, and that really put an um, end to my progress in that one. But, but yeah, that was great playing there, but that, that certainly wasn't a course that suited me. That was... Bombers paradise. It was just yeah. It was um, that was that kind of opened my eyes to what a lot of maybe the tour courses are like, which I just seem to open up. If you can carry it to seventy, two eighty through the air, yeah. it just seems to open up. Like all the bunkers are out of play. And, yeah, we did and, videos
0: um, on that, didn't we? After a remember? Yeah, that. and
1: it just seemed a shame that you just playing with people who weren't playing any better than you. Yeah, um, but we're hitting it. Thirty yards through the air further, Yeah. and they were just—they had no trouble. They could take driver out everywhere. We were trying to fiddle it because I played a practice round with Jimenez.
0: Yeah, you did, yeah. And he
1: was—we were sort of similar sort of distances, but he's obviously quality, quality golfer, and he was able to just navigate through. Yeah. Um, but you know these bombers—they didn't have to be straight. They can just whack it over a lot of it, and it's—it it's just winding. winds out. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was um, that was a great experience though. And again, you know, I was I was in contention. I had a good first round. I think yeah. shot a few under, and then second round wasn't quite so good. But just but yeah, it's just you know,
0: it's a shame because I remember um, speaking to John Morgan, Mogsy. Yeah, um, literally, and he I remember him saying that he was because he was. Uh, Doing some commentary the the week after, which I believe was Hambury Manor or something yeah. like that. He said, "Oh, it's such a shame your brother's not here this week." Yeah, because it was course. it was yeah. tighter, it was shorter. Yeah, he said it would have been right up his street for yeah. for doing well, you know. Yeah. And then hopefully, if you did well there, you could progress on again from there. But yeah. then we bring you into this year, mm-hmm. and you go on to Sherwood Forest, mm-hmm. and you win the PGA Championships for the second time. Yeah again leading coming into the final round uh yeah. Also, yeah leading coming into the final round and then getting the job done and then winning yeah. it by six shots in the end yeah
1: that was good um it was good because it meant the first one wasn't a fluke yeah because <laughs> the first one at burnham it was the the weather was horrendous it was a links course so you cut there's always a question mark there yeah that you know maybe you, you kind of won it because of the because of the conditions and um this time it was different, it was hot it was um it was quite bouncy at times, yeah, um, and it was a really tough golf course, so um it was good to kind of win it a second time, just to back up that the first one wasn't a flute really more than anything but yeah. um but yeah, it was great, and it was i think i had um started off really well, I think I had a five shot lead after two holes um two rounds which is um which is quite good in a tournament yeah and then I went out in the third round, and uh the guy who was second actually caught me. Um, a guy called Matt, Matt Court, who's probably the best regional player, best PGA player we've got over in these shores. So um, it was quite tough with him breathing down my neck to try and hold that lead off, you know. He yeah. caught me within, I don't know, maybe nine holes or ten holes of the third round. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, okay, it's going to be close then. And then he kind of had a bad finish. I had a good finish, and I ended up going into the final round with a two-shot lead. Okay. But obviously paired again with him. So... um yeah, it was good. And the final round was, you know, I, you don't, I really don't like having the lead. Like You'd I, I do, chasing. I do, you know, I, I do like having the lead, but I don't like the feeling of having the lead. Yeah. It's tough. You know, it's, you just want, you almost want there to be a rain to, you know, the rain to come in or something and then just cancel it and cancel it be the event three rounds. Thank you. Done. <laughs> Cheers. Um, but it's, it's tough. Like, but you know, over, over the years, you kind of learn to deal with it and, it doesn't get any easier, but I think you just know you can kind of handle it. And it's not, you know, you'd much rather be the evening before, a couple of shots back in your head because you can relax a bit more. But as you're leading it, you're on edge all the time. And it's, it's quite difficult. It's quite hold difficult to, to lead, hold on yeah. to that. I mean, I'm, I'm generally better when I get out on the golf course and um, you get going. But, yeah, it's quite a lot of pressure. And I think I even had had a four five shot four four shot lead going down the last hole and I still didn't think it was done. Like I right. am still in my head envisaging these scenarios of how how I can lose a four shot <laughs> right. lead. And you know, you get all those thoughts that come in and you've just got to you just know that they're gonna happen. You like you can't stop the thoughts. They're gonna happen. You just need to focus on what you're doing and, and not react to those thoughts. You yeah. know, they're gonna happen. You just carry on doing what you're doing and if it happens,
0: it happens, you know. So what's next then? What 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 goals? I mean, ultimately, people would look at this and go, "Well, look, you know, you've 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 done fantastic within your career at this point." You know, what what other little things are, that are missing for you? What would you like to to achieve next? What what's kind of on that list? I mean, I'd love to to get a tour
1: card, yeah, and and go and do that for a bit. Um, but yeah, I've always I've always seen golf as a constant learning thing, yeah, and. Um, I feel that every year I play, I kind of get a little bit little bit more knowledge, get a little bit better, or in my head I feel that. Um, and I just want to keep going to see how good I can be, Like, and and keep challenging myself with it, and seeing, yeah. you know, I want to play in the biggest tournaments, I want to play up against the best people. I just want to keep pushing myself to see how good I can get, you know. I just feel that if I can, you know, maybe get that one day where it all comes together... And then somehow that happens more often. Yeah. <laughs> that would be happy days. But but yeah, I just I just I love playing tournaments. Um I just want to play in the biggest tournaments I can play in and, yeah. and go from open there. Open championship. Love to. Yeah, I'd love to play that. Yeah. I mean I'm into final open qualifying for next year because that's yeah. what winning the PJ pros this year gets you in to the final qualifying and hopefully hopefully I'll get drawn at Burnham because I think that's a qualifying venue next year. So if I can yeah, get in I mean, there
0: one round there so you feel confident round there. That,
1: yeah, that would be nice. So um but then again that's you know, thirty six holes, four players progress from seventy yeah. or eighty people, you know, it's a bit of it's a bit of pot but you know, that's that would be good.
0: Well it's been fascinating to listen to what you had to say about your career and how you've kind of got to where you've got to in the tournaments that you've won along the way. It's been great to get an insight into that and obviously we wish you all the best for tour school coming up and uh thank you very much for your time for coming on thanks for having me cheers